This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. must come down at least that would be the philosophy for a possible spy satellite that giant balloon that the chinese are trying to tell us just flew off course hey everybody kate delaney hope you had a rocking weekend we're kind of in between right because we're getting ready for the super bowl and it um it was it's one of those um it's one of those crazy weekends where there's like a there were things that happened in sports, but there's sort of a, a lull uh, in a sense because we're just waiting for the big game. We don't care. Do we care about the flag football game? No, 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 no. Um, so anyway, so you don't have to run around picking up all of your supplies for whatever Super Bowl party you might throw, even if it's party one. The balloon that uh, we've been talking about for the last couple of days finally is struck down by one of our fighter jets off the coast of South Carolina on Saturday. There were actually people on the beach that could have seen it. The... um, this happened because it was the perfect place to do it, right? Right over a bunch of water. And hours after the balloon was struck by a sidewinder missile and crumpled into the waters of South Carolina, the Chinese foreign ministry declared it they have strong discontent in protesting over this and they doubled down on the position that the balloon was not a spy satellite it was a civilian research airship blown way off course by fierce winds so washington not beijing had uh broken the rules is what they're saying i mean clearly they cannot think that we believe this and i mean they even released a statement the chinese ministry on sunday for the united states to insist on using armed force is clearly an excessive reaction. China was preparing to host the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, for talks this week in Beijing aimed at the tensions over a whole bunch of things, technology barriers, bans, the Western opposition to the policies in Hong Kong, American support for Taiwan, a lot of other things that were on that agenda. Boom, that trip was canceled. Uh, Blinken pulled out of his trip to China because of the whole balloon thing. So Beijing's reaction to the furor over the high altitude balloon that is the size of three buses, give me a, a break. That somehow, I don't know, would, could they possibly retaliate against our military? Uh, would be ridiculous. Saying it's an excessive reaction. Uh, yeah, this is tricky. I mean, it is. It's tricky for, I think it's tricky for China. But, I mean, they were caught red-handed. That's, that's the bottom line. You're flying a balloon over Montana, period. And where, you know, we have nuclear silos. Give me a break over that. So, yeah. Don't try to tell us that that's not what it's about. Don't tell us that you wouldn't do 
that if we had a balloon or a drone over Chinese territory, they wouldn't shoot it down in two seconds. So you can imagine this was part of the Sunday swirl, the talking political heads over the weekend on Sunday that are on all of the networks. Um, yeah, there was a lot of conversation over whether it should have been shot down sooner or whatever. Marco Rubio, one of the things he said is first and foremost, you know, what did the balloon see? And that's, I agree. Okay. So what did the balloon see? Anything? And uh, they're sending a message. And he's saying they believe the U.S. is in decline and just exploited the weakness. Like, hey, we're just going to provoke you is what we're going to do. We'll provoke you and and see what happens. So there you go. Um, Imagine this week we're going to talk about this a lot. This is something that everybody's talking about all over the country. Something else everybody's talking about is the record-breaking, crazy, insane temperatures and how cold it's been over the last few days, really the last past week. And now finally that eased up on Sunday. A lot of those iced over states like Texas climbing up into the 40s and into the 50s uh, too. So that's good. And then other places, you know, you look at what happened in uh, Boston and we've got people listening to us in Connecticut and Hartford, Connecticut and uh, Albany, New York, you're listening, Glen Falls, New York. I mean, you set all kinds of records, people, for the lowest of the low, bitter cold temps after a mild January that actually ranked as one of the three warmest on record for over a dozen cities from Maine to Kentucky. So the, the trend of the temperatures going up is a very, very good thing, my friends. Very, very good. Uh, Mount Washington, the wind chill didn't hit 108 below, but it dipped pretty low. I mean, you know, on the summit of it on Saturday, it made news because it was 108, but then it started to climb a a little bit uh, higher than that. Scientists, of course, realize that this is probably the lowest wind chill ever recorded in the nation. When you think about that, I mean, the summit of Mount Washington in New Hampshire, 11 degrees, winds 56 miles an hour, a wind chill temperature that was, you know, ridiculous, minus 16, so 108 Fahrenheit. This is 108F. The Mount Washington Observatory at the peak of the highest mountain in the Northeast had an actual temperature minus 47. Um, That ties an observatory by the way, record set in 1934 and wind gusts of 107, uh, 127 miles an hour. So it was bad. I mean, now it's just the follow-up. Luckily, like in Texas, Texans have had a couple of days to warm up after the brutal ice storm, frozen roads, hundreds of wrecks, lots of power outages. So that was good news for uh, the people in the great state of Texas. It has been it has been a wild couple of uh, days, and because I'm just a fan, and you've heard me talk about this, I'm a coffee lover. Some people hate coffee, and some people it's their jam. It's my jam to wake up to coffee for sure. And there's a store that I like called Wawa, and I like their coffee, and I get their coffee because now I'm in Florida. 
where they also have um, this convenience store. And you probably all are shaking your heads. You have different places where you go, the different convenience stores to wherever it is that you live. And and they made an announcement that they're going to have 40 new locations. And because so, so many of you have um, ribbed me about this in the past, I'm making that announcement. So New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia over the next couple of years and most of the new stores, though, are actually in um, Florida. So, and then this supposedly Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. You're all going to get them too. We'll see. You know, people are just loyal to. I think you're loyal to the convenience store, whether it's the mom and pop shop near you, or even if it's a if it's a um, a chain, you're loyal to the store that's in your area. Um, it's a thing. It's, it's just it's, it's a thing for sure. All right. Speaking of a thing, movies. Knock at the cabin looks creepy. It debuted at number one, fourteen point two million opening. It actually ousted Avatar, you know, the sequel after seven weeks. But don't feel bad for Avatar. It's made a fortune. It's crushed all kinds of box office numbers as expected. But Knock at the cabin, people like to be scared, especially young people. So M Night Shyamalan has a hit on. His hands, or so it seems, anyway. All right, hang with us. More coming your way next. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why we now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month. Level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right. Level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 that's 800-430-1891 
Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. on Author's Corner, we're going to talk to Doug Pryor, and he's got a book called Brainwash Creationism. Have you been brainwashed, or has your brain been washed nice and clean? But before we dive into that, it's so interesting, because you know one of my great affiliates is in Tucson, Arizona, KVOI, and we have so many listeners there, and people that say how much they love Tucson. But like me, he is originally from New Jersey, and he's had such an interesting background with his education and how he arrived there. So, Doug, first of all, thanks for coming on. You're certainly welcome. How did you get how'd you get to Arizona? What what happened that prompted you to leave New Jersey and end up where you are now? Well, when I was going to undergraduate, I went to Rutgers in Newark, which is about seven miles from where I lived, and I either I usually commuted by bus, sometimes by bicycle, which would be nuts to do now. But in the wintertime when I commuted by bus, oftentimes it would be snowing and cold, and that was perfectly fine. But if it was raining and cold, it might be 30, 35 degrees out. And standing in the cold with your books and stuff was just a miserable experience, and that happened frequently. And I thought, this is nuts. I'm going to go someplace (laughs) when I'm done here where the weather is better. And I applied to three graduate schools in the southwest and eventually i decided to go to albuquerque university of new mexico and i i loved it there and i was there for five years and when i completed my doctorate there i had the opportunity to do a postdoc at the u of a and i interviewed and took that job and um pretty much remained in albuquerque since then except for a three-year teaching opportunity with the Peace Corps in the Fiji Islands. Wow. And now you're teaching chemistry part-time at a community college in Tucson. Yes. Yes. And and I love it. I, I love it partly because I, I like what I'm teaching and also because a lot of the students that I get are from other countries. I've, I've had over the 10 years that I've been teaching um, probably at least maybe a dozen different countries just from Africa itself. Wow, how interesting and is that? It, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and then of course you you know you this is your second book, and you really tackled such a big subject, which is the push pull that we see in the country. Lots of arguments over evolution, creationism, and I love. 
loved your approach to this. So explain why you wrote the book. Well, basically, I wrote the book because a few years ago, I, I don't remember how, but I reconnected with the person who was my best friend in elementary school. He lived down the street from me, and I used to go to his house a lot, and he used to come up to my house a lot. And he wound up, he's in California now, he wound up going to um, law school, and we argued back and forth for more than a year or so about this kind of topic. And even though he has a, a background in law school, I don't know what kind of classes he ever took in science, but he purported to know a whole lot more about the subject than I did. And I have a doctorate in science. Um, it, it's real unusual like that. In fact, the person who's my um, best friend now, and we also grew up on the same street in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, he went to college in Massachusetts and wound up being a sports journalist. And he also um, uh, believes that he knows a lot more about the subject than I do. And that's that's often the way it is. People learn something somewhere along the line, probably in college, and they're just committed to what they've learned, thinking that, I can't possibly have been taught something that's incorrect. And I address that topic, among other things, in my book. Yeah, so let's talk about your book and, and dive into it. How did you set it up and, and how do you talk about, you know, go deeper into what you know, what you've learned, and what you want to share with people? Okay. Um, I grew up, like a lot of people, playing with plastic dinosaurs and having a lot of fun doing that and um, just accepting what I was told that dinosaurs lived millions of years ago and that's what the majority of people are told their entire life and if somebody comes along and tells them anything different they're taught that that person doesn't know science or you know they're they're kind of flaky and I took a different approach. Um, I'm Christian and I wanted to approach it from the angle of what does God have to say about the idea of somebody believing in evolution or creation as is taught in the Bible. And I did it taking a point of view of looking at lots of scriptures um, or several scriptures from the Bible that detail God's, God's attitude about something like that because God certainly has an attitude about anything that we think about. And when you talk about the scripture, do you have a particularly, and this is a hard question, but favorite scripture <laughs> that really kind of nails the point? I know you have several. Um, probably the scripture that talks about the point more than anything, and, and I'll quote it, is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And perhaps one of the key words in that that I focus on is the word all. All scripture is profitable. And that includes the first 11 chapters of Genesis, which deals with creation, which is a real problem for a lot of people, especially people who have been taught maybe in in high school or college, even um, a Bible college from a liberal point of view. 
that goes counter to what the Bible clearly talks about, because it's real perspicuous about those ideas. What's so interesting, too, and you said this in the beginning, which is why I'm so glad we talked about your background for everybody listening. And and again, we're speaking with Doug Pryor, his book, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Brainwash, Creationism. Have you been brainwashed or was your brain or has your brain been washed nice and clean? Is that you really mentioned you you um, have a doctorate science wise. You're talking about somebody who has a science background and the two can coexist is is what you believe. Leave, right absolutely um i i don't go into any proofs about creationism in this book except just one thing that's that i enjoy a lot but i have more than 200 books about that topic in my own personal library at home um i wanted to look at the idea from again the attitude the idea of what does god have to say about this topic from the bible what was it like for you to write the book? Um, it it was kind of fun. I had been prompted to do it because of the friend that I grew up with that I mentioned from elementary school. He, As we were conversing back and forth for more than a year, he just told me I was brainwashed in what I believed. And that kind of stuck with me because... Um, and anybody can accuse another person of being brainwashed if their ideas are counter to what that person believes. And so I looked into it. I, I give a, de- a definition from the dictionary about what brainwashed is. And I give my own, I cite my own example of having once been brainwashed from uh, a different religious viewpoint that was based in Hinduism. And I go into that in detail. Yeah, so you know what that's like. You know, people are listening to us. They, if they read the book, what do you hope they take away from reading your book? That it's that if somebody wants to honor God, and everybody knows that God is real, whether they deny it or not. If a person wants to honor God, then they'll do what God asks them to do—to just accept the clarity of His Word and not rely on somebody necessarily a scientist saying, well, you need my understanding in order to understand what the Bible really talks about. Um, that's not necessary. The Bible, God's real clear about what he lays out in the early chapters of Genesis. So if a person wants to obey and honor God, then just accept his word at face value. Yeah, so as you say, you can debate other parts of the, the Bible, but you, if you, people are listening, if you go back and you look at Genesis, that's a real big basis for, um, your book. Yes, yes. Wow. It's so interesting, too, the title. I love the title, I have to tell you, and I love your approach to talking with people, that you're very mild-mannered and you let somebody maybe get a little crazy and you say, okay. <laughs> And you and you point him in the direction of this is this is what the deal is, and and I think this is your book, and I and and it's very like I it's it's how you talk, it's plain spoken, which is a compliment to you, Doug Pryor. The best of luck, and thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? 
Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. This Sunday, there are brand new developments in the Middle East. U.S. forces have hit more than 30 Houthi targets in Yemen. Now, this comes a day after the U.S. strikes at least 85 targets in Syria and Iraq, where Iran-backed proxy groups have been operating. These terrorists have hit more than 160 U.S. military targets in the region. All this in the aftermath of the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. They also killed three U.S. soldiers last week in a drone strike. The bodies of the three, two women and one man, brought back to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware on Friday. Turning now to the race for president in 2024, President Biden winning the Democrat primary in South Carolina Saturday. We also learned the president, for a second year in a row, will not be sitting down for an interview prior to the Super Bowl. No reason has been given. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327. 
or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. To America tonight, Lee Halverson. His book is called Kong Catchers, A Soldier's Memories of Vietnam. Boy, do we have a fascinating off-air conversation. His book is a long, interesting, amazing read. It will take you on quite a journey. There's no question about it. And his life, I think, has been that kind of a ride. Lee, thanks for hopping on with us. You're welcome. So in Vietnam, at Vietnam, you were a dog handler. But before we get to that and what that was like and what you had to do around the perimeters and some of the fascinating stories that happened and some of the things you and your men did to actually help some children in, in Vietnam and, and, and you cared about the people, before we go down that road, what was your road to going to Vietnam? Because you got married and then what happened? Well, two weeks after we were married, I was sent to Vietnam. I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, you are answering the question. So two, you're, you're just married two weeks, and yes. you should be enjoying your, your honeymoon and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, boom, you go. And how did your wife feel about that? Jenny? how'd she feel? Well, the high spot of that is we never had a single argument our first year of marriage. But uh, as far as far as Jenny is concerned, she had just graduated from Iowa State with a degree in English and speech. She interviewed uh, at least twenty schools to get a job, and her interviews went well. The uh, school board hesitated in every case about hiring her because she was married to a soldier. And they figured when I got back from Vietnam, I would swoop her away and go elsewhere, and they would lose her as a teacher, and they wanted someone that would be in that position for a long time. So she couldn't get a job as a teacher, and she ended up living with her sister in Los Angeles and waiting tables until I got back from Vietnam. Wow. So she's doing that. She's waiting. You're there. And when you get to Vietnam, what's that like for you in the role that you were playing? What was it like daily for you? Oh, the daily operation, there's two things that have to be protected in a war zone. One is food and the other is ammunition. Most of uh, we attack dog handlers were sent to either a food yard or a uh, ammo dump. Some were sent to helicopter pads, and our job was to protect the interior of whatever we had been assigned to. Uh, Generally, there was a lot of concertina wire around every facility, and our job was if anybody got through the perimeter, then we were to uh, put our dog on them, attack them. The dogs were really efficient. Uh, We had drugs were a big problem in Vietnam. Many, many soldiers used drugs. 
and frequently, like uh, at the ammo dump in Pleiku, that was uh, guarded by 24 attack dogs. It was a huge, huge ammo dump. And uh, the dope, dopers would get together and have a pot party and not guard their uh, given area. And those of us that didn't use drugs would uh, periodically go through that post just because we knew somebody wasn't working it. And we had an occasion where there were four sappers. These are North Vietnamese soldiers with backpacks filled with plastic explosives. And if they get through, they throw the plastic explosives into the ammo dump and blow the whole thing up. And the dog handler caught four of them coming out of the last row of concertina wire. And his dog killed all four of them before any of them could throw a satchel charge into the ammo dump. Wow. That's how quick they were. Very efficient. Um, No kidding. You told me a story, too, that was fascinating about a little boy who became sort of your secret weapon by telling you when there was going to be attacks. Uh, Tell the listeners the story about how you met him. Sure. I was guarding a food yard. And again, my orders are anybody that comes through the concertina wire, I am to put the attack dog on whoever that is. Uh, It was... Uh, dusk, just uh, the sun had just gone down. And I saw this little boy, uh, he was eight years old, come through the last row of concertina wire, and he went directly to a garbage barrel, pulled out a rotten apple, and shoved the whole apple into his mouth and just chewed and swallowed as fast as he could. And my orders were to attack that kid. Well, I couldn't do it. You know, I. I told you before, I'm a Christian, and one of the principles that I live by is is Jesus Christ said to treat other people the way you'd want to be treated yourself. Well, I wouldn't want to be attacked if I was starving to death. Uh, My problem was if an officer had seen me not turn my dog loose on that uh, boy, I could have been court-martialed. But I looked around, I didn't see anybody else. I knew enough Vietnamese that I spoke with the little boy and found out where he lived. And then I told him, you get out of here, don't you ever come back. And at the end of my uh, uh, duty time, uh, I would take a loaf of bread or a can of peaches or something, and when we drove by that little boy's home, I'd just shove it out the side of the truck. And I did this for quite a while and never thought too much about it until one night the little boy showed up at my bunker or at my barracks and said, G.I.B. in bunker at 8 o'clock tonight. And I didn't know exactly what to think, but at 8 o'clock we started getting rocketed. And from that point on, that little boy warned me of every single attack that was to come, and he knew it before our Army intelligence knew it. And very simply, I was taking care of him, and he was taking care of me. 
Yeah. Wow. What a great story. And then, of course, there's a story. We're speaking to Lee Halverson, Kong Catchers, the Soldiers, Memories of Vietnam. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, about the orphanage and how you had so many of your men eventually that helped you with the orphanage and what that was like. And that story came about because of these popcorn bombs and a baby crying. And that led you to... uh, creating these orf this orphanage what what happened there and what was that like for you to see what it did to the men well when i took the baby to the orphanage the orphanage had been damaged by mortar fire and i i when i married jenny i gave her my vow i would be faithful to her now most soldiers on a day off uh, like to go downtown and get drunk and have some female companionship. Uh, and I didn't do that because I was going to be faithful to Jim. So on my time off, I went to the orphanage and started repairing it. I put in windows and fixed doors and siding and what whatever it took. And one by one, the other guys in my company said, you know what? Dad, they called me Dad. Uh, I think my time would be better spent helping you at the orphanage than going downtown. And in time, most of my company all went to the orphanage on our time off. And all of these guys, it took one or two little kids that, in their mind, these are my kids. I remember one, his name was Arturo Willemanuel Policelli. He's from the Bronx. He was a member of the uh, Sicilian Army back home. He had to carry six knives on him, but old time. He uh, he picked a little boy that had been hit in the face with the palm. And the palm had burned off his ears, his nose, his lips, his eyelids. It made you want to vomit just to look at him. He was just, he was horribly, horribly uh, harmed. And Art would hold that little boy and cradle him and hum a song. It was just beautiful. Wow. Wow, so many stories like this in this fascinating book. What do you hope people take away from reading Con Catchers? Well, I, at least my experience so far in this is uh, I have had wives of ex-Vietnam uh, veterans call me crying and saying, you know, my husband wouldn't say a word about what happened to him in Vietnam. But I got this book and I read it and I read some of your stories to him and now he's talking like a magpie. And we're closer now than we have ever been, and I just wanted to call you and thank you. And the other is I've had uh, parents call me and say, I want my kid to read this book. I want him to or her to adopt the principles that you lived by. Would you come to our church and do a book signing? So I've been asked to go to quite a number of churches where I have done a book signing, uh, answer people's questions. It's been a very enjoyable experience. 
Yep, you're having an impact, I would say, Lee. And we're out of time. People have to go and get this book, and they'll hear more of these stories. But what a big heart. What a wonderful story. Lee, thank you. You're more than welcome. This is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog, yeah, that's Dennis. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com Virtual green 
room. We're pleased to welcome her to America tonight with me, Kate Delaney, because she's got such an interesting story to tell, and her novels will pull you away. And what do I mean by that? Take you to another place. And isn't that what we want to do when we really dive into a good, good story? So the first book we're going to talk about is Maggie's Bed and Breakfast Story. And then we're going to talk about the book of Scattered Memories. So, Eva, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about your road to writing these novels. Did you, first of all, did you ever think that you were going to be a writer? No, actually, I didn't. This is was kind of a hobby. It gave me something to do. You know, I just kind of, my kids grew up and left the house, and um, I thought it would be fun to write a book, and I found a program online to help me do it, and... Um, that's how I started. <laughs> so it, it's interesting because there is a tie, I think, in your mind to bed, to a Maggie's bed and breakfast story because of you and your sister and kind of dreaming about a bed and breakfast. Tell us about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, me and my sister, we used to go for walks in the morning and we'd see these big, beautiful homes, you know, and we would joke about, you know, that would be the perfect bed and breakfast. You know, we should just pull our money together and um, buy the place and quit this nine to five job. You know, we both knew we didn't have the money to do it, but, you know, it was a dream, you know, it was a fantasy, but yeah. So, so tell me, so it's interesting now that it's, you know, here it is, the fantasy does play out in the pages. Tell us about Maggie and tell us about the bed and breakfast story. Okay. Um, well, Maggie, um, she's actually starting her life over after she loses her husband to cancer at a young age. Um, before he died, he wanted her to go on and follow their dreams, which was to open up a bed and breakfast. And when he passed, he left her a large insurance policy, you know, so she'd be able to do that. Um, she gets help from her sister and friends, of course, to get the bed and breakfast up and running. Um, Soon after that, her husband's brother comes to take a visit and actually pay his respects to his brother, and he ends up staying at her bed and breakfast to help her out as a handyman. And Maggie starts, you know, having feelings for him, you know, and she's feeling bad about having feelings for him, and it's, it's a mutual thing. Um, then Maggie's mother actually comes back into her life after she had left the girls when, you know, she was about five. At least that's what Maggie thought. But when when she shows up, she finds out that her mother has memocoma, and she didn't actually leave the girls. She actually forgot them and moved on to a whole new life. You know, Maggie never looked for her because she figured, you know, she was left. Um and, of course, she also comes to the realization that this disease is hereditary, and she might get this, you know, mind-erasing disease as well, along with her sisters. Ooh, boy, and there are so many other twists to the story. We don't want to give them all away. Yeah. Maggie's right. <laughs> bed and breakfast is so easy to do because I'm getting, you know, you get pulled into the story. Maggie's bed I and breakfast. Stop talking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever great books are sold. So you have Maggie's bed and breakfast, and then you, you go into your, your other book, The Book of Scattered Memories. Tell us about that. What's that about? Yeah, yeah, this is, you know, of course, part two, and it's kind of 
a backstory to her mother, and it's all done in in a diary. Um, so you know, it revolves around her mother's diary, and um, it's like a diary in a box reveals the secrets of the past and the future that's bound to unfold, which kind of sums it up. Um, she finds her mother's diary after her mother passes away, and you know, she starts reading this diary. And she decides to read it to herself first before she, you know, brings it to her, her uh, sister's attention. But while reading this, she discovers things from her mother's past that she wonders if it's real or if it's just a bunch of her mother's scattered memories. And, you know, she she starts reading, like, the first entry, you know, June 1st, 1984. You know, I meet a nice man today fishing. His name is John White. He has a, he has a beautiful little girl, one-year-old girl named Marty. And Maggie just, like, drops a diary because all along Marty was her sister, you know, she, so now she's finding out that Marty's not her sister, you know, and how she was going to tell her sister that they're not really related, you know, and the, the story kind of continues that way. She reads a part of the, the diary that brings together things of her mother's past and Whoa. so on. Ooh. So I'm just thinking out loud, how many of you listening to this, can you imagine finding your mother's diary? When my mother died, I did find some writings, and it didn't reveal anything like your character has revealed, which is wild. But um, <laughs> it, it is interesting to think about that. What a great road to, to go down in, in coming up with these stories. Where do you get your ideas? Uh, you know, I just, like I said, I got this program, and it was just so easy to use, and, you know, I was just trying to put myself into running, you know, running a bed and breakfast, and how it would, you know, how it would feel to do that, and I don't know, it just kind of came to me. I just started writing, and um, I thought, okay, I'm going to throw a diary in there. Let's let's um, throw some twist to this story. I like it. And. Well- when people read this, when when uh, people are listening to this, they go and they uh, want to get into a good series and and some good novels, and they they read both of these books. What do you hope they take away? Well, you know, my stories are fiction, but for me, you know, they're true to life kind of stories. So I I believe they're they're relatable. In other words, I think that they might be able to put themselves in the position of my characters, you know, and. Um, you know, I love writing the strong women characters. And so, you know, I would just hope that they would get lost into my stories and enjoy my stories, uh, you know, as much as I did um, enjoy writing them. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of a little family affair because your daughter and granddaughter and the cover, how'd that come about? Well, yeah, I um, because of the story, it, they have a lot of fishing in my story. That's kind of like their pastime. And I had taken my daughter and granddaughter down to Fairmont Park and gave them fishing poles. And we took a, a bunch of pictures that day. And I went through the pictures and the pictures that I have on there, I thought, you know, this is the perfect Maggie and this is the perfect Tina. So, yeah, so it's kind of personal to me. It's funny you say that because if you if you um, read the book of scattered memories of Maggie's bed and breakfast story, the very first chapter, the new fishing spot. Right. Right. It's all about fishing for them. There's a problem. They're all going fishing. (laughs) That sounds good to me. Absolutely. Was it fun for you? Was it fun for you to write this? I mean, it's like a it's you're a daydreamer and you escape into this, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it really was. Like I said, when I first started writing it, this is actually, I'm um, 
redoing my story. So, you know, they were done like 10 years ago. And so I'm rebranding them now. But yeah, I, I had a really good time writing. But at the time, it was just going to be for me. And the covers were kind of plain, but they were personal because they were, you know, my daughter and my granddaughter. So, you know, and then after some time went by and I got a call saying, let's rebrand. I thought, yeah, why not share my stories? You know, to the public. Yeah. So here I am. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, it kind of reminds me, like, it makes me think of Hallmark. It makes me think of, uh, think of those kinds of stories, which couldn't be more popular. Can you, can you imagine if this, I don't know, somehow got picked up and it was on the screen. That would would be a dream. Yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had some people tell me, you know, your, your book is so predictable and I tell them, you know, but it's it's like a Hallmark movie. And the first 10 minutes, you kind of figure out who's going to, who's going to get together. And at the end, they're going to fill it with a kiss, but it's the ride in between. So yeah, I mean, if they want to pick this up as a Hallmark movie, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dreams can come true, that's for sure. And Dream, some of yours, that's it. That's yeah. what it's about, dream. Dream yep. big. <laughs> and some of yours have definitely come true. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, you can get the books on uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Ava, what a delight to speak with you. You too. You have a great day. Well, I love these authors that we have on when they have some time and there's things that are they're, they're thinking about and she talked about she does this program and then comes up with these ideas and the book really is so well written it's great storytelling and it does pull you in and and so i'm not surprised in the comparisons to what a hallmark movie or uh, some of those netflix movies what they do how they take you with the really big interesting beginning and then take you through the story and i think you really are rooting for maggie that's what i would say And the idea that in the second book that she finds the diary, wow, that's one of those moments, I think, that when people are going through their mother's things, their parents' things, and they come across something like that, it's uh, do you dare open it or what do you do? And she's got it there wrapped in the story. So well done. Thanks to Ava for coming on and all of you for listening to this hour of the show. Make it count, everybody. Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today.